the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much, much more. Big event coming up February 6th. Remember last week I was telling you about one stock that I was looking to buy? It's a company called Amazon because it's done nothing for about 15 months. It's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone sideways. Today it's up huge. It added $100 billion to their market capitalization, their valuation, what the company's worth. Um... I've been doing this a long time in my life, and that's just stunning. In one day to add a hundred to go from a nine hundred billion dollar company to a one trillion dollar company in one day, nine hundred fifty billion to one trillion plus company, like that is impressive. They had a blowout quarter. Um, it almost the dirty the words I'm not allowed to say on air. Are, are in my head right now because I, I so badly I'm that stunned I'm that blown away by what Amazon pulled off earnings per share now Wall Street does this is because there's millions and millions and millions of share you hear oh they earned six dollars and forty seven cents per share and then you're like how many shares are there and it's lost on people on radio but let's just say they're supposed to hit four dollars and eleven cents they hit six dollars and forty seven cents yesterday I was watching the news financial news and uh here's one show i particularly hate it's a bunch of of traders sitting around talking about stocks they buy and sell and i don't like i don't think it's genuine i don't think it's uh i don't think they're breaking the law but i find it very odd that the messaging they're trying to put to you the viewer is something along the lines of you can get in stocks you can get out of stocks they don't talk about tax consequences short-term capital gains they don't talk about that kind of stuff Oh, I just got in this. I took a position on this all today. Well, yesterday they were trashing Amazon, saying best days are behind it. I'm like, no, 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 no. When you own 3% of the world retail market, you're in a pretty good position. Now, there, there's no doubt a lot of their goods are probably manufactured in China, right? And that's probably a scary time to be an owner of the company. But I, that's why I liked it. And that's why I said the last 15 months, I'm not looking for a stock hitting all time highs. I'm looking for a stock that's pulled back or, or has something that might unlock potential. And I think Amazon's got us a lot of stuff to unlock potential. I think governments hate them, and I think that's good for shareholders. When, when people say things like, oh, you're, you're abusing your power, that's a good thing in the world of investing if you own that stock. Now, if you don't, you're like, well, they're an abusive company. They're, they're no good for corporate America. They're no good for the general public. I get it. I'm not here to pass social judgment. I'm not here. <laughs> As Mark Zuckerberg said, I don't care if you like me. I'm not going to be nice anymore. 
Why would he say that? That's just not something a CEO should say. I'm not going to be nice anymore. I think he, he kind of implied the company. But I am nothing but blown away by the numbers that Jeff Bezos has been able to put together. And more and more and more, I'm liking it even more. One of my friends went from a two-car family to one-car family. Guess what? He gets more stuff delivered because when he, he needs stuff, his wife has the car. My mom, 80-plus years old, uh, diabetes, big old diabetic sore on her foot, grotesque. So when I went to see her, my sugar booger ordered four pairs of uh, slippers for her on Amazon. Boom. We walked right in, and we said, hey, let's try these on. Footwear is super important to diabetics. I don't know if you know that. Um, but I, I, Amazon's not going anywhere. When my mom, 10 years ago, was living on her own, and she, she's taking 15 medicines a day till the day she dies. Getting old sucks. You know those, those caps? Those aren't easy to get off. Do you know those pills? And like My eyeballs aren't working as well as they used to. I use my phone. Have you ever done this stupid trick? This shows that you're getting old. You take a picture of a label, and then you blow it up on your phone so you can read it. I'm guilty of that. I have a, a remote control that I had to figure out what model it was, and it was, good luck on that. And I was like, oh, just take out the phone, take a picture, and blow it up, right? I feel like I'm getting old. But 10 years ago, if I could have, I would have got my mom a service where they send pills to you. You get the prescription, you send it in, and then you get supply for three months, and they deliver it every week. And you take Mondays on Mondays, take Tuesdays. That's probably way easier to take every pill that's in the slot for Monday. Do you see where I'm going at with this? I'm getting older. Guess who's going to be using that service at some point in time? Me. So I see Amazon is very well positioned. Do I think it's ludicrous? Yes. Do I think a company adding $100 billion of market cap in one day is the most crazy, insane thing I've, I've seen in this industry in a long time? It is. Um, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Jeff Bezos. Something tells me he's smiling. He's probably up in his Death Star right now that's hiding behind the moon, getting ready to destroy the Earth. Or maybe he's going to destroy the moon. I don't know. Whatever his evil dictator plans are, but he's got a customer relationship situation that's really positive. I've been using Amazon, and this stinks. Did you know you can look at your order history? I could see the first day I ever ordered on Amazon. The first thing. <laughs> oh, and I'm so embarrassed to say this. It was a DVD that I would let's I was a younger man. And let's just say it was a little bit of a naughty DVD. And I can't figure out how to erase it. So one day my kids are gonna go, let's see what dad bought on Amazon. I have to delete the account, but I don't want to delete the account. Oh, it's horrific to know this stuff about yourself. Anyhow, another company that had a shockingly good week was Tesla, hitting an all-time high. Another evil dictator who wants to get in space, Elon Musk, who once referred to Jim Cramer as a simulation, which I love that. One of the people I don't like in the financial industry is Jim Cramer because he's like, bye, 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 sell, sell, sell. And I, I don't, you know how you get rich? You buy and hold. You, know, you don't get in and out. 
I've never met a day trader that would be his profile that was worth a million dollars. I've met people who've made a million dollars and then started day trading and fail. I've met people who've made a million dollars in the day trade and not do anything with it. But I've never seen anyone turn $10,000 into a million. I've never seen anyone turn $100,000 into a million by trading. I've seen people invest $10,000 and turn it into a million, but not trading by investing and staying with it. Tesla has so many shorts right now. And to me, it's like the Civil War again. Just too many people like it, too many people hate it. The people who like it are saying, well, one day they're going to make a million cars. And the people who hate it says, they'll never make a million cars. They'll never make money. So it had a huge week, jumping 10% on earnings, hitting an all-time high, doing really good with deliveries, saying really good thing about future deliveries. So Tesla and Amazon had weeks to remember. I own shares of Amazon. I do not own shares of Tesla. I said earlier this week, I missed AMD when it goes from 3 to 50, and I'm pissed off about that. I should have had that one. I had NVIDIA, but I let that one go. That turned into, that gave me like 300% in a year I had to get out. Mistake. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big event coming up Thursday, February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I try not, I try on the show to be culturally relevant and to give you a little pop culture. Um, I try to give you a lot of insight into how Wall Street works. When I say things like, I've never met a day trader worth a million dollars, I'm being honest. So when I hear commercials that like say, we can teach you to trade and you too can learn from the best Wall Street brokers, Wall Street brokers aren't going to be spending their time teaching you anything. And if there's a secret to make a million dollars, there's a software program out there that could tell me what to buy and when to buy it. (laughs) I'm buying it. And I'm going to turn my millions into billions. There's no software out there that can do that. It's frustrating for me because during the show, I, I, I can only do so. It's all about, it's all loaded into the idea of getting your retirement. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. For instance, why did the woman's visit to Wall Street land her in the hospital? Why did the woman's visit to Wall Street land her in the hospital? Because the stock broke her. Dun, dun, sh- I'll be here all night. If I tried to tell tell jokes, no good. I have to tell stories because that's where I have humor. I I believe everything I've ever learned, I've learned a book. I've learned, you know, passion of love. I've learned, you know, uh, uh, how to live, how, how, you know, better to live like a king than to sleep with pigs. You know, better to ride into battle than to stay in the, the stables, things like that. Those lessons that you learned. I take chances. I fail more than I succeed. You know, Kobe Bryant, and it's not too soon to talk about Kobe Bryant, because this is kind of relevant. He's considered one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. He missed more shots than he made in the NBA. Is that worth saying out loud one more time? To be a Hall of Famer in baseball, 
All you have to do is hit the ball three times out of ten. That's pretty crazy to me. Like, those stats lie to me. But one stat that doesn't lie to me is the market hits all-time highs seven out of ten years. So in a 10-year period, you're going to do well. It's that three-year period that you don't. And that's when people give up. You have a better chance of winning on Wall Street than you do being in a Hall of Famer in basketball or baseball. Just on the, the number, the stat, the percentages, right? And people look at Wall Street like it's a crazy game, like it's a roller coaster. I'm thrilled. I have a producer who's under 30 right now. He's my 11th producer. In 25 years, in no, no, in six years, it's, it's a station. Maybe it's seven years now. Um, I was stoked when he got on the show and had no money. And now a year later, he's like, yeah, I've started saving money because you. The story is it works over time, right? What he saved in one year will double in the next seven. And then it'll double again. And what he did in those 14 years is nothing. He didn't, you know magically massage those stocks. He didn't have to like take them to dinner to keep them interested in them. I'm stoked by that story and it's a good story, but it takes time to play out, you know, trying to wrap this up in, you know, a cute little tiny bullet is I I do think you have to figure out like story stocks. I don't think Facebook's going away anytime soon. They have a story. They have a CEO who's not terribly well likable by media and i don't know if that's fair or not i've never met the guy i've driven next to him like three or four times which is really weird last time i drove by him was about three years ago and uh, he was in a volvo not an expensive car you probably think he's in a driving around a maserati or he's got a driver like why doesn't he have a driver he probably does now but um it's nice to see so i'm not gonna be too jokey with you but I do try to tell stories, and sometimes those stories you have to stick with for a minute. Um, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not ever too jokey, because that's when you kind of go off track. You know James Bay? We just played that song, uh, Hold Back the River. Hold Back the River. Um, I was curious about that, because I was like, what movie was that in? And I looked it up. You are not going to believe this. That song has been in 32 movies and TV shows. That's a business model. Now, what is that business model? You create one product and then you license it. Who else does that? You know who else does that? Microsoft. When they come out with an operating system, they make it once, and then they just duplicate it a bazillion times and put it in every computer. I didn't think this song was all that in a bucket of chicken. But I know it's got an emotional flair to it. 32 movies and TV shows for licensing it. If you can find businesses like that, that's terribly, wildly profitable. This is an awful song. I can't tell you my true thoughts on it, but let's just say uh, there's some songs that you get. It's great for TV and movies because it's it's likable and it's got a nice beat. But have you ever heard of a recording sometimes and you're like, why did they record that? Like, you're listening to a radio station, you're like, I don't get it. I don't get why they, they paid people to go into a studio? Those are the business models you don't want. So anyway, look for business models. You know, I was talking about Amazon earlier. Um, 
how's this for a business model? Sometimes I like, um, like if I don't have time for a good meal, like maybe a muscle milk or an Atkins shake or something like that, I get it delivered. I get like 20 of those delivered a month. And then I just keep doing it. That's a good business model. Amazon has a subscribe and save thing where you get 5% to 15% off on your multiple orders that you have on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, something like that. So look for business models. And uh, one of the best lines I'd ever heard was an analyst. He was uh, basically knocking Les Moonves. He goes, Les Moonves knows more about fashion models than he knows about business models. That's harsh. (laughs) And he was like a New Yorker who had to scream everything. He gets on TV. He's off TV. He's like quiet as a lamb on TV. He's a screamer. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. Listen to commercials. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Joining me now to promote a seminar coming up. Ooh, voice went dead on me. <clears throat> February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. CFP Chad Burton. Chad, retirement income planning is different for everyone. I've been talking a lot about that on the show today. We're all different. Some people want to leave money to their kids. Some people don't. But we're talking retirement planning. Uh, depending on what type of assets you have, uh, you have a different approach. You have a client at Apple that is retiring with a ton of Apple stock and a large 401k, which is nice. How do you balance the single stock risk with that idea of converting the 401k to an IRA and then to a Roth? And it seems like there's math involved. And... Let's just say math isn't friendly to everyone. Yeah, it's, let's get technical for a Friday, right? Because we got to talk about taxes. And you, the the first thing you have to think about, too, is the single stock risk. I mean, it's hard to... Whenever you're selling something, you always have to kind of train yourself. Okay, let's just not look backwards because we know we're doing the right thing to diversify and create enough cash to get through a rough time. But Apple is kind of a good example of why. You had a really rough year on Apple followed by a, what, 80-plus percent rate of return? Um, so depending on your, your timing of doing everything, you have that idea that you have to create enough cash and reduce some risk so that you can make it through recessions and market pullbacks and things like that. It's, it's just really important to do. So if you're retiring with, um, two different types of assets in this case, one asset is the Apple stock, where if you sell it, you're going to pay capital gains taxes. That's one tax bracket. Then you have this 401k, and we're trying to train people to think about the idea of from the date of retirement now through age 71, because the, Re- the SECURE Act pushed off required minimum distributions to age 72 now. So you have from date of retirement through age 71 to do a lot of IRA or 401k to Roth conversions, where you pay a little bit of tax now and start building up a tax-free account, which will help you in the future. It will reduce your required minimum distributions in the future, which reduces your taxes in the future. So you have to really focus on that. But in this case, you also have to focus on, I don't want that much stock in one company as I retire because of the Enrons, the WorldComs, the, was it 2018 for Apple's, you know, decline. Um, so you have to be careful. What we typically do in a situation like that is we would sell enough of the Apple stock to create at least three years worth of portfolio draws. So that way we know that if the market 
declines between the dividends from the Apple stock and the dividends coming out of your 401k, you're, you're going to be fine. You won't have to sell anything when the market declines. You'll let everything recover, and then you can start selling again. Um, but what I would also do is sell enough to create at least my next full years of expenses. So I'd sell enough to create three years worth of portfolio draws plus everything I needed to spend in the next year. So I would do that in 2020. And the reason why I would do that in 2020 and not touching everything else is that the capital gains bracket, Rob, the, the way that it works is that you have a really large amount that gets taxed at a 0% rate. And so you have to learn how capital gains works. There's a capital gains bracket, and capital gains are if you have an asset like real estate or a stock that you've owned for over 12 months, or dividends from qualifying U.S. companies like Apple, it gets shoved into the capital gains bracket. And the first $80,000 plus either your itemized deductions or your standard deduction is taxed at 0%. Okay. All right. So if you don't have any other income and all your income is only from selling stock or dividends, you could pull up as a married couple over $100,000 of capital gains income. So that, that could create a lot of income because you have a basis on the stock plus you have the capital gains. So you could create a lot of cash or living expenses from selling um, and pay zero taxes if you do it the right way. This is kind of interesting because right. there's a phrase managing what you own is just as important as manage what you owe. And you're saying if you own stock, you can manage it and not pay taxes on it as capital gains. That is unique to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, and people try to look for like the magic, uh, you know, investment account or focus on what's your past performance and blah, blah, blah. Look, the market's going to do what it's going to do. There's so much information out there right now. Most investment shops are going to be pretty similar in terms of returns and diversification and allocation. It's all of the other stuff that you do, the tax planning, the projections, uh, running scenarios like, hey, what if I, uh, my spouse goes into a nursing home at age 75 for five years? Do I have any money left? Should I do this real estate deal? Should I pay off my mortgage? It's all these other questions that come up, right? Sure. But, but getting back to the income thing, it's, a, it's like in a big single stock situation like that, um, if it's a really large situation, you also have to kind of hedge some other sales that you want to do in the future. So what we typically do is we'll do a stock sale one year, so it's mostly capital gains. The next year, we'll do an IRA to Roth conversion so that most of the income that you're using is, is you know, you're, you're, you're straddling brackets and you're, you're converting money from your IRA to a Roth at maybe less than a 12% bracket the following year. And you kind of do one source of income one year, one IRA to Roth conversion the next year, and you, you keep staggering your income plan. I like that. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, smart planning. I, but the thing is you still have to kind of hedge that single stock risk, right? So you might do a combination of maybe trailing stop losses or sometimes in some situations, it's been a while where you can, uh, to, I don't use options to create wealth, but sometimes you can use them to protect wealth where if you have a large single stock position, you can, uh, sell some covered calls, which limits your upside. You use that income from the selling the covered calls to buy some protective puts, which can limit your downside. So it kind of, at least it gives you a known window where you're going to get your money out when you go to sell the following year or two years later. So, um, it's, there's a lot of tax planning that's involved in retirement income planning, but the, the two things that you want to focus on is that 
capital gains bracket is different from the ordinary income tax bracket, but what hits your ordinary income tax bracket can push your capital gains to a higher capital gains tax bracket because there's a zero, a 15, and a 20% capital gains bracket. So there's two dueling brackets. The capital gains bracket was not changed in 2017. Only the ordinary income tax bracket was. So that's what made this. This is why we do this event because the 2017 Tax Act was really, really good for retirees, but it is the most complicated tax situation. It's the lowest, but the most complicated tax situation that I've been in in 25 years. We just ate up a lot of our time. Um, how about if most of your money is in a pre tax 401k? Yeah, and that's this is a good portion of America, right? Because that's where all of their savings were. You ask people, what's your biggest asset? They say their home. Nope. Your home is your biggest liability until you're going to sell it and live off of it. And that's what, that's not what most people do. So their next biggest asset is their 401k, because that's where their money went in and their employer match went in. So what you do is do some expense planning. You know How much are you going to have to draw out each year to pay for all of your expenses, plus your taxes and health care costs? And then you find out where you are in the tax bracket, because tax brackets work. There's a 0, a 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, 37% bracket, right? Sure. So you might, be, you might have some room left at the same bracket you're always going to be at. For example, the 22% federal income bracket goes from 80 grand for married couples all the way up to 171 grand of taxable income. So if you get to the end of the year and you're at you know 160 grand of taxable income and you're always going to be at that 22% bracket then you have $11,000 left at that bracket why not just convert 11,000 of your IRA to a Roth now pay the 22% bracket now and then let that money start to build up in a tax-free Roth IRA account and that'll give you more control over your taxes in the future University of Chad I love there it. There you go. Um, big seminar coming up February 6th. Concepts like this will be discussed. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code Radio25 if you haven't been to an event. Um, why is it getting some money into a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, a mega Roth? Why is it so important? Because um, you do hit on that pretty hard. Yeah. Well, so what you see in the future is like, you know, people, what they forget to put in their expense planning is, oh, I'm going to need a new car in five to 10 years. I'm going to need to remodel my house or adjust my house because I need better access and less stairs. So maybe you do a wheelchair ramp and you have these different expenses that you need to pull out in lump sums where every time you pull a large money out of your IRA, you get this huge tax bill. So it creates a source to pull large amounts out if you need to. Roth IRA income does not count towards increasing your Social Security tax. You can have up to 85% of your Social Security can be taxable income, and a Roth doesn't you know, count towards that. It also doesn't count towards a person having to pay more Medicare premiums than their neighbor because of their income. A lot of people don't realize that. Most people pay around 135 a month for Medicare, but if your income's high, you could pay up to 400 and something for the same crappy coverage. So it also helps to reduce what you might pay in capital gains on your stock sales and dividends in the future. And it also reduces the amount of money that you have to pull out of your 401k and IRAs at, say, age 72 when required minimum distributions hit. There's tons of advantages for it. It also goes to your heirs totally tax-free. So we've got about a little over a minute. What's the best asset to use to pay for nursing homes and major health expenses? Because they are big in retirement. 
Yeah, we work with people a lot on this where we find out, you know, um, somebody has gone into a nursing home or some, something like that. And all of a sudden their, their medical expenses are so high because you're talking 90 to 100,000 in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they don't have enough taxable income to use up those deductions. So sometimes you either do a Roth conversion to eat up that deduction or you use your IRAs to pay for that cost. Um, and that allows you to pull money out of your IRAs pretty uh, tax efficiently because you have that large healthcare deduction. Sounds good, Chad. We'll see you February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. People can go to your webpage right now, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good free downloadables, plus there's content tied towards what is all going to happen at the seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Thanks very much, Chad. And again, a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Investing in more. I'm Rob Black. And much, much more. I'm more than Rob Black. I'm bigger than Shaka Khan. I know you're saying who? Exactly. I was at a a financial industry event, uh, kind of an expo, not an expo, but uh, kind of a learning seminar thing. And uh, they always plan these events for like three days, and it always closes with a band. And let's just say it was awful. Shaka Khan comes out, and the financial industry is just filled with Caucasian males typically a little older and to see 50 year old puffy white guys dancing to Shaka Khan and freaking out like it's the first concert they've ever seen. It was entertaining. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, hotels have changed a lot in the last three years because of, millennials if you take a look at it hotels are competing with airbnb right on a level um and there's more wine tasting and there's more things like netflix in the room uh there some hotel chains are starting to buy pelotons that you can have put in the room for you so you don't have to miss your routine but one of the ones that i find pretty interesting is single-use plastics the hotel industry hates that. There's little shampoo bottles because it's you use it, you throw it away, and it goes in the ocean. I mean, how does it go straight in the ocean? I don't know, but let's just hypothetically say it goes straight in the ocean. Um, so they've started. I've seen hotels as I, I travel. I travel the world because I'm a world traveler. As I travel, I've seen more hotels go into the, the little pump system, and they lock the shampoo into the wall, and uh, I love it. I think that's a great idea. We can do little things like that. But that's kind of a millennial push because I grew up in an age where when we were drinking a soda, whether it be in a glass container or a plastic container while we're driving, we just throw it right out the window. Littering was okay. No, it wasn't really okay. But at one point in time, we didn't have laws to stop littering on freeways. Now there's a big fine for it. My that's, that's my contribution to the planet is I no longer throw glass out the window. And I really didn't do that, but you get the idea. It did happen. So the millennials are getting a big push right now. Um, 
on the single-use plastics. But one of the things with hotels is a lot of millennials don't want their room cleaned. Uh, skipping out on housekeeping is good for the planet, but workers say it hurts their wages. It's sometimes the things that you don't think about. Like, I'm not going to feel bad for the single-use plastic guy. I used to sell single-use plastic shampoo bottles to hotels, and I made billions. But I do feel bad for the housekeeper who is getting is losing cleaning duties. The Washington Post highlighted a recent trend of hotels incentivizing guests to forego housekeeping services. While billed as being environmentally friendly, it does hurt people's hours that they work per week. And again, you can feel really good about it, but as you're walking out of that hotel and you see the person who's homeless, because trust me, housekeepers aren't making a ton of money. Um, it has ramifications. It's one of the things I really, really try to push in financial planning issues is unintended consequences. Maids and housekeepers in the industry, uh, hotel industry, earn about $23,000 a year. So, I don't know. You know, I guess on one hand, I could say, go get a better education so you don't have to be a lowly housekeeper. But that's not the right thing to say out loud. You know, we do need more education in the United States, higher education. And I don't think we're really accomplishing that terribly well. I can tell you some of the kids in my, uh, some of the, I, I don't want to say that. I was going to say, I've met some children who are less than smart. But I'm not going to bash the school system. Well, my kid's still in it. So, whoops, I kind of just did. I think my wife once said, don't ever say anything bad about the school. <laughs> she does talk like that, by the way. What do you want, Daniel? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The law of unintended consequences. Um, a small little sideshow recently happened in Asia where the coronavirus is you know, unfolding. And one of the stories coming out is people buying masks and China having to go out and punish retailers who are jacking the price on medical masks. Watch out for price gougers. Watch out for disaster situations. It happens all the time. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Easy parking, easy to get to. 6.30 Thursday evening, the 6th of February. We'll only waste two hours of your time. I find that people start losing interest in, in retaining information sometimes around two hours, so that's why we do it at that area. 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the area. If you want to sign up for the event, you can do it. Head to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. And use code radio 25 to get into the event for free. So the Super Bowl is kind of a big deal in TV. But in reality, it's starting to lose its, its cachet. 100 million eyeballs. It's almost replicatable. There was a kid, an influencer, who hired a Billie Eilish lookalike in Santa Monica to walk around near the, the beach. And then they did some cheers. And they threw the Billie Eilish lookalike up in the air. She had the green hair, the black baggy clothes. And Billie Eilish got really, really mad about it. Because she's like, that's not nice to do to my fans. Because you got a lot of people excited that I was there and I wasn't. But to me, I was shocked. 
You know how many people saw that video? You can get 20 million hits like that now. And we think 100 million people watching the Super Bowl one day of the year is all that in a bucket of chicken for commercials. If you don't see the world changing and YouTube being a major platform, you're missing something. I own shares of Google. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big event coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge.